Welcome to the Period Story Podcast, the podcast where we get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods. We chat with women about their period story, their first period, their journey ever since, and we open up a conversation to help break taboos and stigmas around menstruation. I'm your host, Lenise Brothers. I'm a yoga teacher and registered nutritionist specializing in women's health, hormones, and the menstrual cycle. I'm also the author of You Can Have a Better Period, the book Publishers Weekly calls an empowering debut, an informative, refreshing take on women's health. It's available from Amazon, Bookshop, and anywhere else you purchase books. Welcome to today's guest. I'm so excited for you to hear my conversation with Carrie M. Bradley. We had such a great time. We laughed so much during our conversation. Carrie Ann is a Pilates teacher, the founder of Pilates at Your Desk, and the author of the new book, Move More at Your Desk. She has generously offered a discount code for her platform, Move at Your Desk. And if you put in the code M-A-Y-D, happy, you will get one month free to try out her platform. I can't wait for you to hear the conversation. Enjoy. Tell me the story of your very first period. So um, I, it took me a while to, to try to remember, actually. It's funny. It's something that I wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Um, so I was working on a fruit and veg store as a Saturday girl, and I was 14. And I'd been to sleep at my friend's house the night before. So it started on Saturday morning because I'd gone into work. And actually, I, I didn't know what what it was or what was happening to me. And um, And I remember just being a bit freaked out all day working at the fruit and vegetable and really worried about it um and it wasn't until I got home and I said to my mum oh this has happened and then she's like oh my goodness you've got your period and then I just went from being like you know utterly worried to utterly freaked out and embarrassed and like mum stop it stop embarrassing me stop uh, and then yeah so that that's how it came about <laughs> So just go back to what you said about you you weren't sure what was happening. So yep. you were 14 and had you had any any menstrual health education at that point or any had any of your friends already got their periods? So um, in terms of education and teaching, I think at school, I went to an all girls school, actually, and they, we did have a few sessions in, um, I think we called it PSE at the time. Uh, but um, I, I, I used to think that I was like to think of myself as a bit of a rebel back then. <laughs> no, I wasn't really. <laughs> so, uh, so I skipped the sessions on uh, sex education and periods, <laughs> which is a really rebellious thing to do. <laughs> um, so no, I didn't, I didn't make those sessions. So, so, uh, I understood the science of it because we'd learned about it in science, uh, but that's fairly, uh, abstract and removed from the emotional and the emotive side of stuff. Um, abstract maybe not such the right word but you know it's a bit cold and clinical clinical um and had some of my friends started their period I think so probably I mean I was fairly uh I think from memory I was fairly late compared to some of my other friends so I would have been towards the end of 14 I think because yeah actually it was it was sunny 
and my birthday's in January so it was a sunny day so yeah must have been um going on towards the end of 14 or the middle of 14 so I think probably my friends had but it wasn't really something that we talked about it was something that you would use as a badge of honor I think to to um show that you were a woman now um <laughs> but but apart from, aside from that it I don't think we we really talked about it other than being in that way mm. and when you when you went home and you your mom was like oh my gosh did she then kind of explain everything that was going on like what was that conversation like not really um <laughs> not from what I remember I think um I think it was perhaps as awkward for my mum as it was for me. We didn't really have that much of a relationship in terms of explaining stuff like that. So um, she did the practical stuff, like went out, got all the necessary bits, but too many things. And I was like, oh, my goodness, again, I've got all this stuff. I don't really know what all these things are. And then because of my reaction to her, I guess she would have liked to have more of a conversation about it. because, But because I reacted, I guess, in an embarrassed way, you know, leave me alone, leave me alone. Maybe that didn't happen because I put the barriers up there. How did you then continue to educate yourself about what was happening to your body well it's funny actually because I didn't really um do very much of that I just learned the practical stuff and then went about my well you know my merry way <laughs> it wasn't that merry always do you know what I, I even from a young age I got very bad um period pains and um and uh moods ups and ups and downs and up and down emotions and so I I knew I didn't even know I didn't even document my cycle for until about three three or four years ago actually so um it was kind of I knew I was going to be getting my period because I'd get really bad pains the day before or but it was more that I was just sort of yeah just I was just going through it but I wasn't understanding it and I wasn't I wasn't really well informed I'd say so when you say you were just going through through it, was it kind of you get these pains and these mood changes and you was it a case of just dealing dealing with it whenever they came up? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So always trying to make sure there was stuff in the house um, and then dealing with it came up, when it came up in a really angry way. So, was, you know, oh, this is an inconvenience. Oh, I've got to, now I've got to wear jeans and I've got to make sure I've got all this stuff. And, you know, quite often I wouldn't remember all the stuff. And, you know, so, yeah, it was dealing with it, as you say. <laughs> yeah. And and so now, what would you say what, what your relationship with your period is like? Are your periods still painful? Do you st- still experience the mood changes? Um, so I definitely experience the mood changes, but I've, uh, I've um, diarised my cycle now. So I think it helps me to understand when different parts of my the cycle are happening uh, and also to eat um, a bit better as well. So uh, my friend, um, she's telling me, you should eat lots of sweet potatoes when you're just before your period. So I do that and it does help <laughs> with the pains. Also, it depends how busy I am as well. So I've noticed that, when I'm more relaxed going into just before when the, my period comes, uh, then I'm less likely to have such intense pains, um, which I don't know if there's scientific um, stuff behind that. Um, however, I've noticed that that's the way it goes. So I try to be a bit more, a bit kinder to myself um, and also to appreciate that because I, I, I've, it, you know, I, my tendency is to go, 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 go. So even just taking a bit more responsibility for 
uh, that and so not going all the time has made a difference um, to that. And it also I talk quite openly with my daughter about these things. She's 10. So we're always already having that conversation. And she's understanding as well that um, we can experience different uh, moods and emotions during our cycle. And she says stuff to me like, is your period coming, mummy? <laughs> Stuff like that. So, so that's where I've got to, but that's only sort of for the last three years of, of learning about that. So I've still got a long way to go and I'm going to read your books. So that will help. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So what happened two years ago that made you start to look a little bit more deeper into what ha- what was going on with your menstrual cycle? So um, actually, I went to a retreat called the Self, uh, the Self, Self-Love Retreat run by two ladies called Deanne and Kerry. Um, do you know them? So they held this lovely retreat in, uh, in Ibiza and uh, I went along to it. Uh, my friend Summer invited me along and I had no idea what what I was what I was going in for I just thought oh do you know what this seems like my gut told me this was the right thing to do and um and it was amazing it was all about understanding your cycle and the different uh, phases of it and also how that relates to seasons and to different um female archetypes and uh stuff like that and I just learned so much from that and uh and then I tried to put some of that stuff into practice um and I, and I still I like to follow uh and Kerry's become a good friend of mine and I like to follow along to them because they just share really lovely information and stuff on on Instagram not necessarily about periods but yeah. just about life in general <laughs> how did it feel to learn more about your menstrual cycle in that sort of environment well it's really good because um I felt well previously I would have felt really embarrassed I suppose being it was a big group of women about uh, how many maybe oh I can't remember now 15 I think something like that um and we were sharing all this stuff and talking very openly about all manner of things to do with our lives. And I'd never, um, I talk openly with friends and so on, but I'd never had that kind of conversation with people I didn't know. So it was a really amazing way of normalizing, um, uh, talking about things that, that happened to you that previously I would have thought, Oh gosh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and were were people quite openly sharing their own stories the other women like, on the retreat mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, mostly um and it, but, but more so about things that were going on in their lives but what was remarkable actually uh, I've just remembered is that um so I was actually not far into my cycle which I had did know because I'd known that I'd had a period like the week before or whatever um but quite a few people within that women's circle got their periods there oh wow when when it wasn't time to so we all sort of um uh what's what's um sing what's the word synced (laughs) (laughs) what is that word I'm thinking harmonized but that isn't quite the right word (laughs) yeah so and it was amazing so then so then there was this talk about um in uh ancient times about how women would go to a tent together when they were going to have their bleed and then and this is where the magic happened um because they you know um 
very insightful and intuitive at that time. Uh, and so, so that was quite nice because that was a real life uh, demonstration or a current life demonstration of that um, uh, story. <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, story that may well have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting when to talking about sinking because you when you read kind of mainstream pa- papers um, about this uh, phenomenon, it tends to be get dismissed. But when yeah. you talk to women anecdotally about it, they will say, yeah, I was living with this house full of girls or women. And then we all we all sink or your experience that you've just shared. So I do think that there's something something in it, even though it gets d- dismissed kind of like scientifically, uh, because yeah. so many women, they share that they've had this experience of sinking along with whoever they're on, maybe they're on a long holiday or big, or um, retreat or living um, or in close contract with other women. And I think there's something really interesting and quite powerful about that. Yeah, I, th- I think I certainly recall that, this, that that wasn't the first time that had happened to me because I can remember friends, like we would talk about it and stuff. I mean, I grew in a ha- up in a household with my sister and mum and dad but um <clears throat> but I don't remember us all sharing that but I think it's because we didn't talk about it we mm. didn't we didn't talk to each other about it uh yeah yeah that it's so interesting because I was thinking about like if has that ever happened to me and then I just don't know I can't recall because it we never talked about it so like yeah. when I'm like, thinking about live in u- university when I I like for a couple of years, I had a, a female roommate or first year where I lived in a dorm with, you know, loads of other people. I just don't remember. We just we just didn't talk about it back then. Um, but going back to what you were saying about how openly you talk about your period and where you're at with your daughter, what prompted you to be so open with her? Um, I'm not too sure of that, actually. I think it was just, it just happened um, without me thinking of this is what I'm going to do. So does that make sense? Yeah. It was just something that, that I, I'm fairly open with my daughter about most things. So I think maybe it was just a natural, a natural conversation that we had. And actually, I'm quite vocal about most things. So, <laughs> so <laughs> probably too much sometimes. So maybe, maybe that's just part of that. Yeah. But also, yeah. I think I didn't want her to have like the same shame and embarrassment and stuff that I had when I was growing up. So about a whole manner of things. So I think to try to change that that that's maybe also where this comes from too yeah do you feel any shame about your period now not really no um I do (laughs) I have to say I'm I at the retreat that I mentioned before the self-love retreat there um Dee and um Kerry they were uh, encouraging us to like love our period and embrace it and so on and I'm not there yet definitely not and I'm not sure I ever will be but but you know I've accepted that it's it's what it is and actually I'm I don't feel embarrassed about it or anything I just think "Ah, here we go again (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I think that kind of there's a spectrum when it comes to our relationships with our period and our menstrual cycle where 
some people they really they love it and like kind of they're really in that really period positive space but something I talk about a lot is this idea of even just being a bit more neutral about your um your period and your menstrual cycle and not coming away from this place of hate or disgust or shame because there's a lot of information that we can get um from wherever we are and it can be quite powerful um so it's interesting that you you know you've got to that place and you know that's a great place to be yeah definitely and I think um as you say if you are open to being less uh well, to apply less con- con- uh, negative connotations to it, then you can learn so much more and it can make you feel a whole lot better. So so um, I think that's good in life generally, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so you are a Pilates teacher and you've just released a wonderful new book, which I want to talk about in a minute. But tell us a little bit more about um Pilates and maybe how you incorporate your knowledge of your menstrual cycle into your own practice um yeah sure so um I I mean I teach all sorts of different types of Pilates not so much on machines at the moment because I've got a few bits and bobs here but I'm mostly teaching online but I can teach on reformers Cadillacs and everything like that Um, And Pilates uh, for me is just this wonderful framework of movement for creating uh, balance within your within your body. So uh, making all of the different body parts uh, work um, in as even a way as possible. Um, And so so it's centered around the core, the middle, but that's because it's trying to create balance. And so if you start in the middle, then you're more likely to have. Uh, a closer version of symmetry within your asymmetrical structure so (laughs) so 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 I think I think that's it um Joseph Pilates the guy who started it he created a repertoire a sequence of movements where the movements new no because they're you know these different movements show up in many different movement modalities and there are so you know there are so many only so many ways we can move uh although I'm not sure what that number is um (laughs) um and uh but however he applied his knowledge and created a sequence of movements and then adapted it for different machines to enhance how people would move um so so that's how i see pilates and i teach matt pilates uh, and then i've got a business called pilates at your desk where i mostly teach people in a corporate setting or i've got a platform for individuals to join as well where i'm doing movement that they can do throughout the day because it's, it's all very well doing an exercise class for an hour in the day um, but then if you're not moving for the rest of the day when well, your body's not going to be very happy about it and it's not moving in the sense of like throwing your legs over your head or running a marathon or whatever uh, although it'll take up quite a lot of your day um it's just simple stuff so you know wigglings um uh shaking out side moving your spine moving your legs and trying to trying to get little there's, there's a term used by someone in america uh, katie bowman i think is the person who created it called movement snacks so just slotting in i call them movement breaks actually in my book but slotting in opportunities for movement how do i then take into consideration my cycle while doing all of this well you know what um it can be tricky because 
uh, for part of the time every or every week I teach a set number of math classes for example and um, and because it's online I do it with the with the the, the class uh, while teaching them as well um, and so when it's when I'm in the my when I get my period or just before and I want to chill out a bit more uh it can be tricky because I'm still teaching and I uh, and so I will show up for that bit but then I'll be much gentler with myself in general so just gentle stretches a bit more yoga based really which I know you're more familiar familiar with than I am um and taking much more time to rest so I lie down a lot in in those in those times in you know where I can in the day I teach a lot of one-to-ones actually maybe 20 or so a week and um uh, and I don't move with them. So, so that's, yeah, I, because uh, quite a few of my clients, I, I, I sort of do a lot of rehab work actually. So quite a few of my clients come with, um, you know, a medical condition. Uh, so, so I'm very much eyes on, eyes on uh, the, the person for that. So, um, so when I'm in my, you know, um, uh my more energetic phase of my cycle then I'm really going for it and I'm doing all sorts I'm like running around the garden I never make it outside I just about run around the garden and um, jumping on my bellicon you know, <laughs> Pilates doing here doing all sorts <laughs> and then, and then it, yeah so so I try I do try to match the amount of movement I do with where I'm at yeah. in my cycle but some of that is unavoidable yeah so within teaching yeah yeah but if a client comes and they say oh, I've got my period today and I feel pretty rough and I'm not going to make them do you know loads of like the hundreds and the rest of it I just wouldn't do that so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's really interesting how you say that like you there are classes where you won't demonstrate each all of the poses and I had my period last week and I I had to remind myself you don't have to kind of demonstrate every single pose it's fine you can do verbal instructions verbal demonstrations and it's absolutely fine even though I've been teaching for a while I still have to remind myself of that because the tendency is to kind of want to you know jump in and show them but it actually can be more powerful when you're just you know just talking talking more and doing less um so it's interesting that you um you say that so tell tell us a little bit more about your your business so pilates at your desk that is so and then i what you said about movement snacking or what you said movement breaks that's so interesting because you know you certainly in the last couple of years we've spent a lot more time at our desks and you see this where people, they're just kind of, they've been more sedentary and they're starting to get back into fitness, but they're finding it a little bit more challenging. So talk about the concept of Pilates at your desk, how you came up with that um, and what kind of, what you what you do with that in practice. Um, so I came up with the, con- so be- before I taught Pilates, I worked at a desk for about 10 years um, and I had a whole list of uh aches and pains I had sciatica sore knees sort of constant neck pain shoulder aches all the rest of it and I was pretty young really to have all those things um so I 
re- I started going to Pilates classes. I started when my daughter was born uh, with a lovely lady called Grace, who talks about periods a lot, actually. Well, she's a postnatal and prenatal specialist, so she works with women all the time. Um, <laughs> she's <laughs> <been> lovely. <laughs> and um, and she, uh, so I started lessons with her uh, postnatally, and then I went back to work and uh, started going to a studio. And my works had all these different pains, and then the lady there convinced me to quit my job and retrain. <laughs> so I did, and then I was teaching Pilates for a few years, uh, and then I was sort of having clients come to lessons. One, I was teaching mostly one to ones back then, and a few reformer classes, and um, people would come and they'd have things going on in their bodies and I would fix them really or help them to fix themselves in that space in that hour and then they come back the next week the same things so my brain is ticking around okay how are we going to fix this what are we going to be able to do that's going to change this relationship because this is um this is only this is only a short-term solution out here so so what I did was I put together a pro like a a bit like Joseph Pilates although I'm not calling myself him (laughs) just like a, a program of exercises that people could do during the week um and they were all seated and standing things and those who did it um started to feel a lot better and those who didn't, a little bit, their journey was continuing along the same path. Um, although, you know, they were making improvements, just takes longer. Um, so, so I decided to roll this out because I figured I've got all this information and I want to share this information with people because actually a lot of how we feel in our bodies when we're working can be easily fixed by doing, making a few more changes, being a bit more aware about where your body is in space, changing how you position yourself over your feet when you're standing, if you stand to work or how you sit um, and so various things like that. And so then I uh, um, connected with a few uh, businesses through friends and so on. And I just went in and I tried, tried the workshop with them. I worked with um, a newspaper, a Japanese newspaper, a PR agency and a finance company were my first um, clients. And, um, and and the rest is history, really. So now I've worked with uh, hundreds of companies, um, been online for the last two years before I used to run around London. I did some in Manchester, did some in Jersey I'm from Jersey so that's that connection there and um but now I'm doing it globally and uh, yeah I've been lucky I've worked with loads of the big companies you know Facebook PayPal Google those guys and lots of the big law firms and accountancy I've worked with ASOS and I worked did a great thing with Camden Town Brewery actually where I went in and I spent a few days with them um figuring out how the different cohorts of people uh work so some are at desk but some are standing doing distribution or packing or the the brewing bit (laughs) so (laughs) I and then I held little one-to-ones with them all so I could give them some bespoke exercise and then did some workshops and so that was a pretty cool thing that was just before the pandemic uh yeah and so that's it really so um now I'm sort of going back into person I've got a couple of workshops happening in New York this month which a great teacher in New York is going to be running for me and um just trying to build it and then and then I've got a platform as well which is called move at your desk 
Um, and it's just loads of on-demand videos that anybody can join. And, and, and that's and each month I hold a workshop, which is live, and it's a postural clinic, I call it. Um, I'm not sure that's the best name, but it's one that people understand. Uh, so, so this last on Sunday, I did a walking and running workshop, um, how to how to uh, it was very much focused on feet with a friend of mine Verity um she's a gait expert and, and then and then we did the clinic so there's all these I've done one on hips one on back shoulders the rest of you that's a very long explanation isn't it <laughs> no that's great it's always really interesting to hear for people who have their own businesses to hear the journey of you know what what prompted you to give up your corporate your job in the corporate world and then build your own business and you're doing something really interesting where you have, so ostensibly you're a Pilates teacher, but then you've got all of your fingers in like lots of different pies where you've got, you know, you've got your book, which we'll talk about in a minute. You've got your online platform, you do workshops, you do lots of different things. So for anyone who's listening, who wants to do something similar, you've got a great role model here in Carrie Ann so yeah it's really it's really amazing (laughs) and you created this online platform um, where you've got lots of videos and workshops so for anyone who wants to join that can you give us the details yeah, sure. So you can find it on my website, pilatesatyourdesk.com. And it's um, £18 per month, and that's access to anything, or £180 for the year. And I also have corporate membership options um, available too. And since we're here, I'm very happy to give anyone listening to this a month free. So um so I'll give I'll send you the details, but um, if you can remember, if you're listening, then you could do it while you're listening. <laughs> you put um, M A Y D, so made the the acronym of the name of it. Move at your desk <laughs> into is it acronym? Yeah, it is an acronym. Um, yeah. Into the discount box when you're signing up, then you get the first month for free. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> well, that's very generous of you. Thank you. <laughs> 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 and now. Talk talk about your books. So our both of our books came out on the same yeah. day. So this is three weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, and what what someone some wise person once told me is that the book publication day is just the start. Um, so talk about firstly tell talk about how you got a book deal and that, what it was like writing and in your case shooting the photos. Um, yeah tell us a little bit more about that so actually that part happened a bit retrospectively because I already had the photos um so so we we matched them I'd taken the photos I did have to take some more actually but um in hindsight I wish I'd done that after I'd written it but that's another thing anyway back to how it began (laughs) (laughs) and so um Anya who probably you've met actually yeah. So um, Anya, who did work for Watkins Publishing, is um, someone who I've uh, been uh, known on Instagram for a long yeah. time. Um, and uh, before I taught Pilates, actually, as well. And um, so 
she has always been saying, oh, be great. You should write a book. It will be great. It will be good, good, good. And then and then she actually, I think uh, another friend of mine who'd also just written a book had said, you need to write about this. Do you want me to put you in touch with my agent? And I was like, no, no, I can't be bothered with that. That sounds like hard work. I've already got a lot of stuff going on. I just, and then Anya said, come on, like, do it. You can do it. And I, so I said to my friend, Eloise, oh, I've got this offer, uh, but I don't think I'm going to do it. And I said, I don't mean to sound like, you know, um, like it's ungrateful because I'm not ungrateful. I just was thinking I'm so busy. I was so busy in lockdown with the workshops and everything. Um, And I just thought, I I can't do this. There's too much. And my friend Eloise said, look, you've been offered to to write a book. People don't get those opportunities you have to write the book. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> and then I put together the proposal and Anya helped me and then and then it came about. Um, but I had written quite a bit already because I use quite a lot of information in my workshops. So, and all of the movements, of course, I had the pictures for and everything. So, but the actual writing part, and I don't know how you felt about this process, but I actually found it completely exhausting. And uh, I was writing working um sometimes 10 hours a day and writing between lessons and nighttime and then trying to you know run the house as well and and you know be a mom and a wife and a dog mom and everything <laughs> so um and I just found it I found it so I didn't appreciate just how much it taken out of me sorry this is going to be funny um until until I look back now and I think wow I was tired you know like um but it was great and um, it was really, because it was so, it was quite fast, actually. It was a fast, I think I signed the contract in January last year. I think it was January. And then I handed it in for the last time before the, the editing round. So for the first time in June. So it was, I think that's quite, is that quite fast? I, I, well, that was about the same time frame mm-hmm. as me. And everyone I've spoken to has said that's really fast. Okay, yeah, that, that's, I mean, I don't really know very many people who have written books, if I'm honest, but um, I, I think it must be quite fast. <laughs> and then there were a few iterations, quite a few iterations of um, of editing and so on. Uh, and and then suddenly, you know, there it is, published three weeks ago. Okay. And, I, and I remember I sent you a message and I was kind of like, you know, I feel like I haven't done all the things that I should be doing. I don't really know what what to do. And you said to me that that point about the lovely wise words that someone had shared with you about it being the start of the process. Um, and and so that was that was really great. Thank you. It made me feel a lot less worried about it. But now from being, uh, I think it's scarier having something out there where you've got no control over what people say about it and that's the biggest thing I think that's hard because you know that I mean I I think I know that not everybody is going to like my book because why would they it's it's you know it's it's not for everybody but when you read stuff about what people think about it and it's quite mean (laughs) it's hard it's really hard so I'm trying not to look at the there's loads of nice things reviews but the bad ones you focus I've been focusing on the bad ones so I need to not look (laughs) yeah there there is a kind of thing where people you could have someone like a hundred people 99 people saying 
amazing things. But then one person says something a bit negative, and that's the thing that sticks in your mind. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, but that's that's part of the learning, I think. Yeah. Yes, it's a brave thing to do putting putting your work out there. And you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, you know, if if I wrote the book again today, it would be different from how it was last January. So. I feel that I think that you know I, I, you learn so much in in our in our professions. Yeah. Um, as time goes on, yeah. And so you could write it differently. You could present it differently. It's difficult to present exercise in a book because, in my mind, people do exercise by doing it rather than reading it and then doing it. So I I didn't want to make it all exercises in the book because. Yeah. I think there's a, there's limited value in that, but for some people, that is what they want. Yeah. So of course, that this book, which is a lot about information about why we need to move more, thinking about how you stand, thinking about how you sit, then the exercises, and then tips on how to integrate more movement. This book just is not going to be the one for those people that want to read and do exercises or have you know big pictures with instructions underneath because this is this isn't what this is yeah um so yeah it's really easy for people to criticize but it's much harder for someone to actually write a book so I think whenever you get negative reviews or reviews that you just don't feel that happy about you have to remember that like it's easy to be a critic and it's easy to criticize what other people are doing but What's far harder is the graft that it takes to kind of not only write something and write something so comprehensive, but to put yourself out there. You know, what both of us do, we're both putting ourselves out there. And there's, you know, there's there's a lot, there's something really great about that, having like the confidence to be able to say, well, these are the videos that I've created. This is the book that I've written. You you can just, you can take it or leave it. If it's not for you, then I'm sure there's something else out there that is for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I wrote my book, I was really clear that, you know, my book was very much about the menstrual cycle different conditions but also how food can help and there's mm-hmm. not a lot out there um, about that about like specifically like the detail of how food can help and mm-hmm. I've always been clear if you want something that's a bit more of a polemic you know that's more about like um, feminism and the patriarchy and the effect of the mm-hmm. menstrual cycle there are books out there that cover that, but that's not my book. So, you know, you get what you get. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't like it, then, you know, there's something else for you. I mean, I've had to be quite pro- pragmatic in my, yeah. my viewpoint around this. I think that's really, actually really great because you've created boundaries there. And I think um, actually even just saying to you now, what I've said about this is not a book that's like written detailed exercise well there are lots of exercises in it but it's not one that you're intended to go right you know like a routine there are routines in there but they're a very small section of it it's Mm. made me then say what 
the what the boundaries are really like this yeah. is a book that will help you if you're experiencing pain if you're not moving enough if you want to know a bit more about how to when to move more or uh, why you should do it and and then how to do it then this is for you yeah and then you can find my videos if you want to follow along because that's in my mind that's how you do exercise yeah and where can where can people get the book um well it's on amazon it's called move more at your desk i hope i haven't put you all off (laughs) (laughs) it's a really nice book (laughs) um it's on amazon and then it's on you can buy it on waterstones uh on watkins through watkins publishing mostly i've just been saying amazon how about you (laughs) yeah i've been saying amazon or anywhere anywhere you buy books um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I'm just like yeah I've got a few copies at home if you want I'm so happy to hear you having the same awkwardness about this is me um, and so you've got your book and we as we said it's a first you know it's a start of the journey but from a book perspective, what's next? Have you thought about the next book you're going to write? Is there going to be a next book? Um, what Have you started even thinking about that yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. <laughs> but I know. <laughs> have you? Are you going to write another book? <laughs> yes, I want to. Yeah, you want I to? Want, yeah, I want okay, to. Okay, well, right now, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I'm honest. But, you know, that could change, maybe. I, I, As I've been talking to you and I've said to you, if I rewrote it now, I'd do it differently and I'd have extra things to say and so on, then, you know, that's perhaps planted a seed for something new. But actually, I think I'm a much better uh, verbal communicator um if verbal would be the right yeah the right time. yeah so uh so I've I really love like doing these kinds of things and teaching workshops and being on panels and presenting and jumping around the stage and stuff like that so so uh so so I, I really like to channel my efforts into into that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> for the next for the next 10 years <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you, it's it's amazing an amazing thing to have written a book so yeah you know yeah. this isn't I'm just like this is my natural like me the way I am thinking always thinking about the next thing but you know there is something about just be also just enjoying that the fact that you've written a book that's no mean feat you know, there are a lot of people who would love to write a book. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, absolutely. it's amazing. It's it's a difficult one because I think um, I'm also like you onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Um, uh, and, and my head is like thinking of all these different things. But um, that one thing that is tricky is to is the thing that you said about enjoying that you've written a book. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I have like moments of it where I'm like, wow, I did this. But um, but it's quite hard, I think, uh, if you are someone who's always on to the next thing. Yeah. To be with, but actually, I put it right next to me everywhere I go, so I can remember you wrote a book. 
and, and you're on the cover of the book as well. You're on the cover of the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the cover of the book. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, to be honest, I've not even taken that in that I am actually on the cover. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something that, you know, you really kind of just enjoy, enjoy the moment. For more inspiring conversations, head over to periodstorypod.com where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram and Twitter on at periodstorypod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com. I'm Lenise Brothers, and you've been listening to Period Story. Thank you so much for listening.